Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, and thank you so much for tuning into this week's Food for Thought a podcast that's on a mission to equip you all with the evidence-based advice that you need to live and breathe a healthy lifestyle. I'm Rhiannon Lambert, registered nutritionist, author of Renourish, A Simple Way to Eat Well, and founder of Retrition, London's leading private nutrition clinic. In each of the 12 episodes, I'll be joined by guests, all of whom are experts in their field, so that together we can learn fact from fiction and empower the healthiest and happiest versions of ourselves with trusted expert advice. The moment you have a baby, life instantly, dramatically changes. And as much as you may feel ready, Oh, let me tell you, nothing does quite prepare you for that instant life change. And ultimately, I think most parents want to know if there's something that they could have done better or know where to go, I guess. So this week's Food for Thought sees Lucy Mecklenburg and I have a really honest conversation around the realities of motherhood and how we can best support ourselves as well as our children. Hello, Lucy. Hi, Rhiannon. How are you? Oh, good. Better for chatting to you. The reason we're doing this episode together is that we look back on those early days of having a baby and there wasn't really any, I guess there's no kind of book or advice that you could read that could help you in that situation. And I know that I wouldn't have got through those early days if we hadn't had each other to really chat to. What would you say to people right now that are in the very midst of just having a baby, um, what would be kind of a bit of advice that you would give them? This is so hard because I feel like I don't want to say what people used to say to me and I used to get really annoyed. You know, like when people used to go, it gets easier, they'll yes. sleep eventually, feeding will get easier. Do you know what? It is hard. I think you just have to find your own path and your own journey and find a support network. And for me, mm. me and you, that was yeah. so important, wasn't it? The 3am text, mm. how many feeds have they done tonight? <laughs> One, two and seven. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think it's the support. Um, and I think yeah. everything else falls into place. Like you say, you can read so many books, listen to a million podcasts, um, yeah. follow every mummy influencer on Instagram. But mm. actually, you kind of just need to find your path yourself and find a nice little support 
uh, support network. Yeah, because I was one of, because we were kind of polar opposites. You know what I'm like? I was one of those people that tried to read every book, do every single course and look at everything I possibly could and none of it helped. <laughs> like absolutely none of it. It got, You just kind of have the baby and you're like, oh my goodness. Did and you think it didn't? Because I, I really regretted not reading mm. stuff and not going to classes because I never even went turned up to my breastfeeding antenatal class oh, yeah I was like it's natural it will be easy <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> how we I was wrong we have to talk about breastfeeding later on because it is so hard but I think I guess some bits it would have been silly of me to say nothing helps I think some things kind of prepared me a little bit but nothing can actually help you with your baby because your baby's unique so you just don't know how your baby is going to be and I think we particularly had had it hard let's be honest it, it was a year last year that is a huge struggle for parents um new parents and I know we both kind of feel a strange sense of emotion when we look back at 2020 and we both had our babies at the very beginning March and April what do you think you've missed out on the most when it comes to I guess COVID and everything <laughs> I think it's almost not knowing what it would be like in a normal world. You're never going to have your first baby ever again. So mm. it feels like I don't know what it would have been like as a normal situation, as a normal mum. And, and I've, I don't know about you, but sometimes I go from emotional, a little bit angry. Um, mm. Why did it have to be me? And obviously lots yeah. of hundreds of other mums. Um, but I think it's just the support and the interaction. I think that's what I found really difficult. And every day felt like Groundhog Day. I'm sure it did for you too. Mm. And it does, mm. to be honest, sometimes it does now. <laughs> yeah. um, but it really did, those early days, not having your family round and your friends round and even just to get out of the house and go for coffee um, and have a little things. mum chat. Um, but yeah, I, what, what about you? What do you think? I mean exactly the same as you and it's almost there's a point now where people I know are having babies in 2021 and I, I'm almost I don't know if jealousy is the right word or if it's grief that I'm feeling for what we missed out on but the fact that you know no one could really see our baby for such a long time and you, you couldn't meet up like you said go to the coffee shop when they're three four months old and we just couldn't go anywhere for nearly the first year of their entire lives and I do have a slight pang of sadness, yeah, with, with everything that I, I feel like we've missed because before you know it, they are toddlers. And we've missed, yeah, I guess the baby stage. You know when you can pass your baby around for a cuddle? I was too scared to let anyone near Zachary. I was too scared to leave the house and go to the supermarket. Do you remember that? It is really strange. I remember the first time I was on my own putting him in a car seat and putting the pram in the boot oh. and I, I felt really overwhelmed. Like, yeah. and then frustrated, like, how do I not know how to do this, Lucy? Come on, pull yourself together and just get on with it. But I think a word that you just said that that actually made me, I don't know, made me feel a little bit emotional was yeah. grief. Yeah. You feel like it is a sense of grief. Like, I've lost this part of my baby's life in a way. Obviously, you haven't because you've been at home and you have witnessed all the milestones and mm. you've been there with your partner, which a lot of people wouldn't have been there with yes. their partner a lot of the time. So there are positives and there's lots of memories that were made, but a lot of frustration for me and, like you say, grief. Yeah, it's 100%. Obviously, we're so grateful for the time we've had and it's, I guess it's acknowledging it. And I think we've all got a lot of work to do on how we process what has happened in the last year. So to so anybody that's struggling out there, I guess, um, 
what did you do so outside of your friendship group has there been anybody else that you turned to or was it just predominantly you know people like you and I the people that knew each other initially or is there anyone new that you um, introduced I would, I would say what is down the breastfeeding route but she was a mm. support for me is Stacey my lactation yeah. consultant um I think you recommended her to me actually yeah I and did yeah I, I was at my wits end one night and I was just crying and Rowan was crying and I, I just I just not in a not in an over dramatic way but I just I didn't know what to do and I didn't want to do it anymore and I felt like I was failing um as a mum and there was obviously a problem and that phone call she reassured me that there was a problem but it was solvable and then within I think it was within 48 hours I had his tongue tie um cut and mm. diag him diagnosed with um, delayed cow's milk protein allergy. And it changed my life, it changed Roman's life. And then she was a constant support for me alongside you. Mm. And uh, that was just amazing. And it, it hurts me that I had to do these things privately and that it's yeah. available for everyone. A lot of mums message me saying, who did you go to? Because I've mm. been told I've got to wait on a five month waiting <gasps> list to find out if their baby can feed properly or their no. baby's got an allergy. And I'm by like, that point, they won't have breastfeeding gone. That's not fair. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So for me, yeah, I, I find it hard that that isn't accessible to everyone. And I think actually that's why social media is so important now that you can share experiences. Um, that's why I do a lot of live chats on Instagram yeah. um, with say lactation consultants, allergy experts, and mm. just so um, women can get that information as well. Yeah, it's shocking. The I think in particular, the year we had, you, you weren't, no health visitor came to look at your baby either. So you've got the combination of people that can't afford to get the help are on these long waiting lists. No one physically is looking or touching your baby or checking everything is okay. Uh, it, it was really quite scary. And I remember, yeah, we both had babies that needed tongue ties that were both discovered really late. Although thanks to you discovering that of Roman, it really helped me push eight weeks to get Zachary checked. But yeah, we had to travel across London to a private place because it wasn't available. And I think unfortunately as well, there's a lot of judgment in the parenting world. And you've got such resilience and strength. I really don't know how sometimes you do it because I get it and I find it deeply upsetting but why do you think it goes hand in hand judgment and parenting and how can people overcome or ignore this I honestly don't know <laughs> and I, I think about this a lot and I think it's a cross between sometimes people don't know when to give advice and when to keep their mouth shut maybe yeah. <laughs> and and I feel like I don't know I feel like maybe because their babies were different to the what, what you share they feel like well what I did must have been right because my baby was fine and you mm. think well actually my baby's very different and oh it depends on what we're talking about but I, I feel like I don't know mums feel like they need to get involved a lot with other mums and I do if I think my friend has reached out for help or advice and I will give that advice and help that helped me but I'll always say this worked for me and my baby and I think that that's the fine line, isn't it? Yeah, um, it might not work for you, yeah. Yeah, this is what I did with Roman. You might not feel comfortable doing that or you it might not work. Um, like, you know, things, especially with sleep, I think people get quite mm. um, judgmental on what you do with routines and feeding and sleeping routines and things like that. 
but um it yeah. is funny I call it the mum the mum police yes <laughs> <laughs> it's strange and you're right because you think that because every mum has been through it I have a huge respect for every single parent out there because Agreed. parents yeah are incredible but when you get the unsolicited advice that you know you've shared a few messages of me that people have sent you and it's some of it's really scaremongering and upsetting and it is difficult to ignore it because when it's your child I can't describe what it is um I guess it's like the lioness theory you suddenly become really overprotective or really fierce in response to I will protect my child I will do something for them and I just yeah I find it very strange how other people could put that on another isn't it um, weird because I I think when I was trolled, which I, to be honest, I'm quite lucky. I, I don't really get trolled that much before yeah. Roman. I kind of got to a stage where I could laugh about it and realised it yeah. was a problem that they have. Not there wasn't a problem with me. It was something mm. in like, in their world. And um, when it's your child, yeah. it's completely different. Like you say, you are so protective. And then for someone to say you're doing something wrong or they shouldn't be eating that or they shouldn't be doing that, you suddenly it gets your back up, doesn't it? And you're like, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you have to just know that you are doing everything um, in your yeah. power to keep your baby happy and safe and fed and and you you decide what things you want to listen to and ignore and block. A hundred percent because I mean at the end of the day there should be an element of kindness and I think how you feed your child is a very contentious area because not everyone like Lucy just said is able to breastfeed their child and it's blooming it is so hard it's, it's the hardest thing I've ever done. And Lucy and I are very fortunate that we're able to do that. But I, nearly all my friends are also formula fed their babies and it's totally okay. And the judgment is just, oh, I, f I find it crazy. But I guess, should we be following, do you think, the previous generations on, I, can, I don't know, how to bring up our children? Because you can hear all these things like, oh, you shouldn't put your kid in front of the TV and, you know, all these types of things. What are your thoughts on that? I think you do what works for you and your lifestyle mm -hmm. and happy mum, happy home, happy baby. All of these things come into consideration. Like if I want to make Roman a lovely dinner, it might mean him sitting in front of the iPad or the telly. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I can make yeah. something quicker with him pulling at my ankles and screaming. But I'm like, okay, if I put it in front of the telly for 20 minutes, mm -hmm. he'll enjoy the Teletubbies or whatever it may be. <laughs> and I can make him a lovely, healthy, balanced dinner. Do you know what I mean? So sometimes... Yeah you've got to look the pros and the cons and I'm completely not that person that if they see a baby on their iPad or anything like that that would ever judge especially now being a mum mm. I must admit I probably did not that scenario there's certain things you think oh my god yeah. well before before you're a mum and now you see like if a child has a meltdown on a plane or yes. they're constantly on like an iPad I think I just think you do you mum or I feel really sorry yeah. for you Roman had an absolute like I cried for two hours on the way to Manchester on the train and all these other mums came up to me and went don't worry we've all been there relax oh, <laughs> and, so and I thought nice. oh it's so so nice and I think sorry I've gone on for a completely different no it's, thing it's so relevant it's so <laughs> relevant because you think about it and it, it's the fact that yeah before we had children I'm sure everyone out there can relate I was that person on the plane that would be dreading it but oh no there's a baby over there in aisle three <laughs> look Billy look and I would say to my husband I'd be look we're not gonna get any sleep did you bring the ear, ear pods but to what point do you think, in terms of listening to your gut, should you follow advice from others versus listening to your gut? Because it's quite a thing as a mum, isn't it? 
I think gut instinct is the best thing ever. I was told mm. there was nothing wrong with my baby seven times and then yeah. I found out he had tongue tie and a cow's milk allergy. So if that doesn't, you know, you have to be persistent, you have to follow your gut. And I honestly believe there's a connection between you and your baby, regardless of breastfeeding. Yeah. There is a connection between you and your baby and you know if there is something wrong. Um, mm. And I can just tell, like you can probably tell. And like Ryan always says to me, how do you know he's teething? How do you know this? How do you know he's got a bug? Like, and I just, I just know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel exactly the same. There's a, and sometimes I think others are very quick to dismiss your gut instincts. And that's one of the hardest things about motherhood sometimes is it, you kind of know what's going on and you're trying to talk to somebody about it that understands. And if if they don't, you can end up in an argument or bickering or just feeling a bit shut down, I think. And then you tend not to speak again about how you're feeling, which is why that support network you mentioned at the beginning is, I think, just so important. And honesty, because being honest, even if it's hard, is probably the best thing, isn't it? Yeah, I agree. And I felt like that about my feeding journey because everyone would say, well, if it's hard work and if he's feeding every hour and he's ill and something's wrong why don't you just switch into formula and I knew mm. deep down that that wasn't the answer and I think I must have known he had an allergy or something because obviously I gave him formula he was so sick mm. um and I had to in the end just deal with it on my own because I felt really like well, if I bring this up the person that I'm calling because obviously because of COVID it wasn't face to face will say to mm. me well you stop breastfeeding and just formula feed and I and and I ended up just having to but it was my journey it's what I wanted to do and I wanted to breastfeed and I think I had an inkling about an allergy as well so I needed to do that on my own path and I ended up cutting a, a lot of people off and dealing with a lot on my own and that is completely not the right thing to do and I will anyone <laughs> listening that feels a little bit like that reach out to someone else maybe get support um from somewhere else whether that be your health visitor or doctor or a mum group online or something but yeah it definitely blocking everyone out is not the right thing to do and no. pick up the phone but keep going like you said it's persistence because if you've got yeah. that feeling it goes back again to honesty and gut instinct you have to hammer home and if you look at the journey that you and I've had with our babies and the feeding it has been we've kind of had everything right I mean you you had reflux allergies tongue tie you know so much that has made it so difficult and then you go through phases where they refuse to feed and then they want to feed again and it's it is a complete roller coaster um the feeding journey of it and what about the routine let's talk about about routines um as a parent i mean there are different ways that you can address this aren't you because I, I guess I'm not explaining this very well, but I always go to you when I need just to chill out a bit <laughs> about a routine. Um, what are your opinions on keeping babies, you know, keeping nap schedules and things? For me, again, all babies are different, all lives are different, all mums are different, is I loved it. So as soon as he, I got all these things diagnosed and we moved forward, um, I started putting a routine, a basic routine in place, which was like, it was, I think we started with three naps. It's mad how quickly you forget. Mm. And um, three naps in the day that got reduced to two and now we're on one. But I think now he's a bit older and I know he can sleep through the night and I want more of a life. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. 
I, I'm a bit more, I've got a bit more relaxed with it because otherwise I won't. So if we go out for the day and he sleeps 45 minutes on the way to the zoo and 45 minutes on the way home, then I'm like, great, he's had his nap. It's not set two hours in his cot at home, but that's okay. And I'm okay with it. And he's still sleeping through the night. So I suppose it's finding that balance. If your baby needs that nap, that solid two hours in the middle of the day, you make mm. it work and you maybe revolve your life a little bit differently around that. So that can happen. And I think you just find what works for you. And um, and Roman's fine with doing that. So I've had to relax it a little bit more. But do you know what, Rhiannon, you say about uh, you, <laughs> I need to relax more, but you are so... <laughs> it's the way you work and we're all different yeah. so some yeah. people have never even put a nap routine <laughs> and their babies have slept from like two months you know those people that we hate yeah. and we don't want to <laughs> oh. seven weeks oh, in babies. one of my friends she's amazing and I love her to pieces her baby slept from seven weeks oh I hate her yeah <laughs> I don't really I mean, my friends some did from a couple of weeks both their children yeah. so I was like no your next one will never be the same oh the second one did it as well and I was like oh, oh my god that's so unfair yeah but I think all babies are different you just have to find what works for you and yeah, yeah. as long as right Roman gets some sleep throughout the day and it's not past five o'clock the danger <laughs> the danger zone as I call it um, oh yeah he, he, he'll pretty much sleep through the night unless there's a problem like teething or something yeah, exactly. And I do feel like before becoming a parent, nobody actually um, discussed teething with me. Because I hadn't been around many babies and my nieces don't live that close to me, I just was oblivious to the fact that teething kicks in. Once you just start nailing a routine and getting naps a little bit longer, then they start teething and it throws it off again. There's so many things that come up. And what would you say now, I think, are the key skills that you've learned um being a parent things that are really helpful that you have changed you I guess from the Lucy before Roman and the Lucy with Roman I think that you have to know that no matter what plans you have you you know you have to just see how baby is and nothing's set in stone yeah. with the baby is it because if they're not they're not feeling well you you realize okay today we're just having a day on the sofa snuggling yeah. lots of feeds cartoons yeah. or a Disney film <laughs> and then you just have to realize that you have to get used to multitasking and doing mm. a thousand things. I would love to be an octopus, um, a thousand things <laughs> um, at, at the same time. But also, you have to manage your time so differently to you did before. I'm so I do miss my lay-ins. I'm not going to lie. I miss my lazy Sundays, my lay-ins, and it kind of doesn't really happen anymore. And um, I think you and your partner become this ultimate team, don't you? And you have to mm. multitask everything and and. But yeah, it's it's a completely different lifestyle, let's face it. Yeah, and I have huge respect for single parents out there after, you know, going mm -hmm. through um, through this. I don't, I don't know how they do it. They're all superheroes because things just constantly change. Like you said, there's no way that we can predict what's going to actually happen. And you run a business. So you are also businesswoman and mum. You've got multiple hats at the moment. You know, you shoot incredible, gorgeous campaigns for companies. You're, you're a model. You'll do all these different things. How do you find the energy to prioritise a workout, especially when you've had a night of poor sleep? Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theatres, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Sometimes I don't. <laughs> I think, you know what, I know. I'm exhausted and I don't want to and I just want to sit on the sofa <laughs> watching yeah. Roman play with his toys and I'm not going to do a workout today and maybe later we'll go for a little walk with the buggy and that's fine. I think you have to be realistic. I can't train five days a week like I used to and, and I'm okay with that because I'm on my feet more than I was used to, you know, I used to be, mm. you know, 7am to 7pm and then cleaning the house and tidying up till probably eight, eight, half eight. So I'm on my feet yeah. all that time. So I'm like, okay, this is all right. So I'm going to probably be realistic and say, I'm going to do two workouts this week. And if that doesn't happen, I'm not going to beat myself up about it. And, and it is hard. The juggle is so hard, isn't it? You'll completely understand. And yeah. I've got a lot of friends that aren't working at the moment. They're on maternity or aren't planning to go back to work. And that's fine. But sometimes I envy them and yes. think, oh, my God, like I I would love not to have play with Roman and not have in the back of my head, oh, God, I haven't answered that email. Oh, my God, I've got to shoot this and I've got to do this. Mm-hmm. I've got to shoot tomorrow. Like I prepped his meals. Mm-hmm. Um and it is it is hard, but I love my job and I never yeah. want to stop it. And I love working. And I honestly think sometimes it makes me a better parent personally yeah. because I get all my work done. I feel great. And the next day I can solely devote all my attention to Roman and mm. and get sort of best of both worlds. But it's just being really organized. I'm sure you understand that. I felt emotional when you said that and you used the word that really stuck out to me was envious and not that I would ever say it to any of my friends you know that that get that amazing year of maternity leave or something off work but being self-employed it it is it is hard Um, and I'm sure that they would look at us at the other end of the spectrum the fact that you know we can dictate our working days a little bit more there might be a, a bit more flexibility but I am yeah I guess I really struggled with the concept especially I think during Covid for people that were working parents there was that element of fear that everything could disappear and how are you going to provide for your baby and it was 
furloughing didn't really happen for so many people that own their own businesses. It was a very tricky time, I think, for lots of people. And when you've got a baby with, you haven't, you're not sleeping, you've got crying and suddenly refusing food, it can make parents doubt themselves. When you get days like that, Lucy, when you think, am I doing the right thing? How do you turn it around? Do you get a moment where, I know Roman's a very good eater, but if you got a day where he just suddenly was like, I'm just not gonna eat any of my food, do you have a step-by-step process, anything that you turn to? It depends on the day. I mean, some days it's just a little cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then and then you kind of go right back in the room. Yeah. Do you know what for me is so important on those days? Just get out of the house. Yes. There is nothing better than fresh air, a change of scenery. And mm. sometimes it is quite overwhelming taking the baby out and you think I've got to be so organised. If they go there, are they going to kick off? Am I going to be able to get a parking space big enough to get the... Do you ever feel like this? Because I <laughs> yes. do. And then yes. I think, is it worth it? But honestly, it is. And it's not as bad as sometimes you make out in your head. And yeah, I think just get out the house, get some fresh air, do something different. And it just changes my mindset so much. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, the thing about the parking space just got me. It's all the small things that you have to think about as a parent. So I'm planning all the meals. They're three meals a day, which often mean I don't eat as well if he's not eating the same thing as me. And then, yeah, can I park when I get there? I've got to remember the pram. I've got to remember his nappies, his his water wipes, all the things. There's just so many things, a change of clothes um, that you need for your child. Now, let's move on to questions from our listeners because we do have quite a few for you. And I mean, I can really relate to the first one. Sammy has said, can my children really be affected by my husband and I arguing? Because I think as new parents, you inevitably... I deny anybody out there to say they don't. I mean, it's very rare if, if that's the case. Wow. But everyone argues. Um, I mean, I'm no expert to answer this. <laughs> no, no, I know. But, just experience. But, but do you know what? I think that I think it's so much pressure when you have a child and yeah. there's ultimately there's going to be those situations. But I wouldn't, I, I personally wouldn't worry about it too much, especially when they're so young and mm. I think you learn, don't you, when you're both stressed out, you learn different ways to deal with things. Mm. Um, and actually, for me and Brian, communication is key. Yes. Um, if I'm exhausted, overworked, and there's little things around the house that, you know what I mean, you think that, oh, you should be pulling your weight and doing that. Mm-hmm. Or, do you know what I mean? It's just that communication. And for me, a lot of the time, I just say to Brian, I need two hours. I just need two hours to myself. And he goes, no problem takes Roman mm. out for me it's that communication so it's almost stopping before you get to that stage but yeah I just think arguments and things they're inevitable especially when you've got the pressure the sleep deprivation of becoming new parents that's really good advice though because it took me a while to identify that in the early days I think because of lockdown as well lots of couples were just together all the time and throw a new baby into the mix as well and nobody else or you can't really go anywhere or do anything that walk would save me and the time out I didn't learn to do that initially and I remember that I would probably vent and snap a bit more than I used to a lot and yeah I think you go for a whole host of things especially after a baby your emotions are so high but if I had just communicated I would have saved all of that so I agree with that completely communication is so important Susie has asked how do you know when the right time is to go back to work Oh, I suppose there's so many things that you think really like what do you yeah. do as a job like what's mm. your boss said can they be flexible so at RWL we're really flexible with mums coming back and if they want to yeah. work from home um, 
two days, three days and come back to the office when they're ready the other two days, say. Um, I think it's your situation and when you feel that it's right for you. Again, I'm not an expert on this, but for me, I try to work too early, very sleep deprived, and I massively regret it actually. Mm. So I mm. think you you know deep down when it's when it's right for you. And I actually think sleep is quite important. Again, you can't guarantee it. There'll be teething, there'll be bugs. But when you get into a good routine with sleep, you do feel more ready to work again, I, I found. Yeah. Yeah, it's worth investing the time if if you are planning on going back to work on trying, I think, to establish some sort of routine because it will help with the feeding, I think. Um, we have a whole series for our listeners on motherhood with um, with Stacey, the lactation consultant, discussing tips and tricks for things like that, which I would definitely refer you to. But I was the same. I think I started too early, but then it became my saviour. So having a podcast to record in the early days would be an hour of me time that my mm. husband would take Zachary away and I really did savour that time. So you've, you've definitely got to do what works for you. Um, Letitia has said, do you think parenting gets easy as you have more kids? I mean, we can't really answer that, Luce. I can't answer that. <laughs> I don't, do you know what everyone says the first is the hardest though? And I actually yeah. can get that now because, um, because your life changes dramatically, doesn't it? Mm. to get to your first and then you've already experienced all the things before but I have no idea and yeah no. I think parents with multiple kids during lockdown you are you are amazing and you deserve a medal yeah yeah <laughs> I guess do you find that a lot of parents one of the things that I wish was never asked is that people always say so when are you having the second baby then when you've just had the first did you get a lot of that um yeah, I have recently, but I think people mean it quite lighthearted, don't they? Like, oh, yeah. he's gorgeous, when's number two? And I'm just like, yeah. not at the moment. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's almost um, one of the things that's almost, uh, you know, you've got things that are ingrained that you should and shouldn't say when you see someone with a baby. It's one of those things, I think, that people just talk about naturally. Um and then a question from Katie. I'm always the bad cop in the family. I feel I nag my husband all the time. How can I get my husband to back me up? Oh, so I'm guessing her kids are a little bit older than she's. I wish I knew. We don't get um, that much context. God, again, I just think it's about communication. I really do. I think it's that honest conversation, whether it's some stuff around the house that you want to split the jobs and and it is boring conversations that you probably didn't have to have before kids yeah. um, but actually they're quite important aren't they like I remember yeah. I got to a stage it was really petty it was saying like I remember like unloading and loading the dishwasher and I was like yeah. 12 times or something and I was like I have unloaded and loaded the dishwasher 12 times I'm not doing number 13 and it's so ridiculous isn't it but actually that communication he was like oh I just didn't realize but it's, it's it is quite a petty thing but they can build up can't they and um yeah. and again I don't know if her kids are old and she means in a different way but again I just think just having that clear conversation yeah, I remember us having messages like that in the early days. Oh, those days. Um, Penelope, this is the last question for you, has said, what has been the best and the worst part of parenting for you so far? The best and the worst? Com being mm. completely honest with you, the worst was sleep deprivation. Yes, it is. <laughs> I, I, I just don't know. I don't know how we would survive. I read something the other day that said you age seven years from the sleep deprivation of a baby. Oh. And I'm like, yeah, I, I get sounds that. Right. I'm completely, yeah. yeah, it sounds about right to me. Um, but the best 
is experiencing love like and I know it sounds maybe a little bit cheesy but it is love that you've you'd never not like I don't know I've never felt before and that excitement to see them in the morning and when they do something new and when Roman walked for the first time two weeks ago and how happy he was and he clapped himself and and it's just such an amazing feeling I know it is all those moments isn't it those highs that it doesn't matter if you had a really rubbish night when they smile at you you kind of melt and you just you want to clap back at them and just smile back it's it's an incredible feeling when they hit milestones as well and um, we're moving on to our fact or fiction round lucy so just to you know wake us up on in the morning here are you ready <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay if you can answer fact or fiction to the following your old friends may not be there post-birth fact parenting comes naturally fiction (laughs) babies connect stronger with daddies at times oh fact yeah i agree with that one babies speak and walk early on will be academic oh that's gotta be fiction right you better be. <laughs> um, <laughs> my child is not speaking yet. Um, banning foods can lead to future psychological issues. That's got to be a fact, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I would go with that as well. Your needs are no longer important after having kids. Oh, fiction. <laughs> Eating with the child makes their routine far easier. Fact. You should always pick your baby up when they cry. Oh. Oh, that's really bad if I said no, isn't it? But I can't say I picked him up as soon as he cried every time. Um, uh, Fact, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I think there's no answer to that, really. I think that, of course, you can't pick them up every single time, but I guess we'd like to sometimes. Um, Bribing your child always works. Fiction. Never wake a baby. Fiction. Yes, that was that, that. That's exactly what I would have said. But let's discuss those two points just before we wrap up the episode because it's so contentious. I know that in previous generations, and I get it a lot from some family members in particular. I can't believe you wake your child. I can't believe you wake him after a nap. And I'm like, yeah, but if I don't wake him, he's not going to be sleepy tonight, is he? He's had enough sleep. Do you find you get comments like that? Yeah, 100%. And, you know, the other day Roman had a bug and he slept five hours in the day. Obviously, that's not a normal day and he would Mm. normally do that. And he actually did sleep through the night. But on a normal Mm. day, I wouldn't let that happen. If he goes goes towards the two hours, I'd wake him up and he'll be really happy. He'll be ready for some food and a play. And that's my decision and your decision as a parent. But I think you do what feels right for you and what works in your routine. If it's working in your routine, that you let them sleep and then they sleep through the night or you're happy with feeding them in the night, then that's your routine and that's great for you. But for me, I want my seven to seven sleep. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'm exactly the same. And I find that some of the most negative aspects of perhaps my first year of motherhood has been trying to explain to some people that how I want to parent is making sure I get as much sleep as possible. And that's just a decision that I've chosen. And I think to anyone listening, you do you. And I think that's the, you know, put you and your baby first above everything else. Um, And let's just discuss the other topic on crying. Because 
us mums know a different cry now, don't we? You get to learn different ones. Can you tell with Roman if it's like a I'm in pain cry or I just want attention oh, cry? He's a complete Thomas in the sense that he can do <laughs> this theatrical cry that I'll literally say, I'll look at him and I'll say, you're not, there's nothing wrong with you. You'll just want my attention, don't you? And then he turns it to a laugh. Yeah. and like a little side glance and walks off giggling yes. so you, you do you you know between I've fallen over and bumped my knees or whatever and I'm oh like I'm, I'm a bit shocked you know that cry yeah. you know yeah. that I'm in pain I need cuddles and a feed you just mm. you do or I'm hungry I, I definitely know I still know that different the hunger cry yeah it's so interesting because whenever it happens in the night you know when you get those middle of the night cries I always wait a minute or two just to see if it's just that he's woken up and he's sad he woke up and he wants to go back to sleep or if I actually have to go in. I didn't initially in the beginning. I was so scared to leave him. I'd pick him up constantly. I'd be like, oh my goodness, I can't leave him to cry. And then you learn as they get older that there's different types of cries. For sure. For sure. I was exactly the same. Yeah, it's, it's just learning, isn't it? And I think we should finish with our food for thoughts because there's so much to discuss on this topic. And it's really hard, actually. I found find it quite hard to remember everything time just seems to whiz by but being a first-time mum and you know running a business or I definitely feel the pressures as well and I think I also feel a lot of judgment sometimes with how I choose to feed my child especially as I'm a nutritionist um I do feel like people may be watching that aspect a little bit more but ultimately I've definitely learned there's no right or wrong and one thing Lucy said at the beginning with the support network it was everything to me. If I hadn't had Lucy and some of my other friends during the first year of my son's life, I don't know how I would have got through it because you need other mums. You need people that understand what you're going through. But when you see them grow up, it's the best thing in the world. And I've learned so much from Zachary. It's it's such a strange, um, a strange relationship, but the best one in the world. So Lucy, if you could finish with a take home message for everybody, what would that be? I would say follow your gut. Um, Mum's gut mm. instinct is definitely a real thing. Um, and reach out for support, as we've spoke, uh, spoke about throughout this podcast, is find that support. Don't do a me and put your phone down if someone texts or calls. Get back to mm. them. Reach out to people. And it's not you failing. It's actually the complete opposite because it will help you and ultimately help you and baby. So just, yeah, just even that call to your mum or your friend or an expert that might be able to help you with something that that's, um, you might be going through at that time. But honestly, communication, support, and go with your gut. Oh, Lucy, thank you. And I couldn't agree more. No one's perfect. Lucy and I aren't trying to say that we are. It's just an open discussion with no judgment. And I hope that this has helped so many of you listening. And Lucy, if people want to find out a little bit more about you and RWL, where can they go? Oh, so RWL's Instagram and resultswellnesslifestyle.com. Thank you, Ree. Oh, thanks for chatting, babe. Chat soon. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Bye, bye, bye. If you are enjoying Food for Thought, you'll absolutely love our up and coming episodes. So if you don't already subscribe, then make sure that you click to be the first to hear it every Monday. It would be brilliant as well if you have the time to leave a review and that would mean that we could reach higher highs in the charts and that would result in hopefully helping more and more people. For more information about my nutrition clinic, books, healthy recipes and so much more, please visit nutrition.com and follow me at Retrition on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube and TikTok.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.